Jesus said to the servants, fill the water, fill the jars, pardon me, with water. So they filled them to the brim. When he told them, now draw out and take it to the master of the banquet, they did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants knew who had drawn the water. And they called the bridegroom and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after. The guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. Verse 11. This, the first of His miraculous signs, Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed His glory, and His disciples put their faith in Him. Let's pray. Lord, come. Come this morning. Move in power beyond just a lecture, beyond just a teaching. Holy Spirit, come and impart truth to us, I pray. Come on, if you have the freedom to pray in the Holy Ghost, do it right now. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, In introduction, let me say that it's just really great to be back to my home, Alaska. Some say, aren't you just so blessed you got to go to Hawaii? Well, it's all right. Uh, It's really good in January, however, but the first time we went back to Hawaii uh, on our when we first moved here in January, literally, when the van pulled up after we got out of the we got out of the plane, got right in a van, went right to our church facility, right there in the heart of Maui. When the van opened up, all I could see was green grass. My wife and I lied down in the grass and snarfed at it. <laughs> oh God! Oh. So if you've ever moved from the islands to here. You might know what that was like. Tremendous conference we were at. Greetings from uh, Dr. Morocco. He's our our apostolic leader and uh, just a tremendous man of God. We had a a 30-year anniversary, and uh, it was great, great, great. We did 30 years of worship. All you worshipers would have just spun out, fallen out, gotten glued to the carpet. We just, the whole first night, Friday night, we did 30 years of worship for two and a half hours or something. And uh, it was just absolutely amazing. All I could do is I was weeping and laughing and thinking about all of those songs and what God did for me in all of those seasons that I was there. Of course, I wasn't there for 30 years because I'm only 25. But it was tremendous, tremendous time. And um, uh, greetings from all our brothers and sisters there. Let's get into the Word here a little bit. On the third day, and first of all, let me say, any time you see something on the third day, you want to start paying attention because third day is an indication of something. Number three, of course, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. But on the third day, He rose again from the grave. Any time you see a third day, you see something about to happen. On the third day, a wedding took place. Now, what this is, we just had a wedding yesterday. What this is, basically, is not, not just a wedding, but a reception. So a wedding had taken place. And this is after the wedding. And so they're at a reception. How many of you like weddings? I love weddings. I love performing weddings. I love being at weddings, especially anointed ones. You know, shotgun weddings are are not my favorite. Some of you 
might know what that is. But it's an old expression. But I, I love being in weddings or performing a wedding when somebody's really going after God. They're living for God. And God has brought the couple together, and it's right, and it's pure, and all of that. It's, it, there's nothing quite like it. There's an anointing. Uh, what I mean by an anointing, there's a, there's a, the, the power of the Holy Spirit comes in a, in a very different way. It's an anointing or an empowerment for making two one. It's a, it, I would call it a, a wedding anointing. And it's a, a beautiful thing. Here's a wedding that's taken place. Covenant. Wedding is between a man and a woman. Unfortunately, we have to say that in this day and hour. Come on, somebody. And God. There's three parts to a healthy marriage. Man, woman, God. And it's a covenant between all of them. So here, this covenant has been made, and a celebration of covenant is underway. And there's a problem. The problem is, there's no more wine. They were intended to have wine. They had wine, but it ran out, and they were in need of wine. Come on, somebody said they were in need of wine. Mary, the mother of Jesus, knew who Jesus was, being the King of Kings, the Messiah. She knew who He was. Later, because of the miracle that takes place, the disciples would put their faith in Him. But up until that point, they've just been chosen. They're now at this wedding. It's not an accident. Let me say in the Old Testament, many of the stories and things that happened are point to the Christ. But in the New Testament, when you see when you see marriages and you see things like that, it really points to the, the, the church. So here, in application for this morning's message, it's a picture of not just a man and a woman being married, but Christ and His church. Covenant. Mary comes to Jesus knowing who He was and says, they're out of wine. He says... Why do you involve me? And she wisely says to the servant, servants, do whatever he tells you. And she walks off. I want to preach to you a message this morning entitled, Where is the wine? Where is the wine? Because in our Western church, We have, we have covenant people that have committed themselves to Christ, been born again, received Jesus, confessed their sins, believed on Him, that He died on a cross, rose again from the grave, and, and received Him. They've made covenant with God. But there's no wine of the celebration. Our Western church is fine with having a celebration of covenant, but no wine. What do you mean no wine? I'm going to get there. I'll define my terms here in a minute. I think it's strange if you're at a celebration of covenant, a wedding, and there's no celebration. You know, we were at a, we were at a wedding yesterday, and good God Almighty, they just played, they played some music that, I mean, I just got to get, I just, I'm, I'm not into secular music. I, I don't listen to secular music like ever. But they played, they played music from, from my era that was like, Pure. I mean, the, the lyrics were pure. Somebody, I'm, I just got to get the, I got to get the download. I got to put it on my iPod. My wife and I got out there and started dancing. That's right, we dance. 
Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, like dancing is, you know, dancing can be, you know, vulgar and all of that. But, I mean, i got a wedding band. I'm legal, baby. I can dance with my wife. And you know something? You can learn to dance with the Lord. Now, listen, don't look at me like you're crazy. Don't, don't look at me with that religious tone of voice. The church in the Western culture is fine with having a celebration but no party. There's an old Jewish saying, a Jewish expression, where there's no wine, there's no joy. Now, I'm not talking about drinking Mad Dog, you know, Mogan David 777 or, you know, I'm not talking about drinking wine in the natural. What I'm talking about is the wine of the Spirit. I'm talking about the new wine. church used to have wine. They used to have wine. They were intended to have wine. But somebody got all bent out of shape. Let me, let me first say, before I get into this a little deeper, we're about ankle deep right now. Mary knew who Jesus was. Went and spoke to Jesus, told him the problem. There's no more wine. And she said, woman, he said, woman, it's not my time. Well, it's interesting that he says, it's not my time, but it then shortly then becomes his time. Now, do you find that interesting? I'm going to tell you why that's interesting. What's interesting is, you see, we, have, we, can, put a, we can put a demand. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let me say it this way. When people who believe put a demand on what they believe, then people who, who don't believe will become believers. Where do you get that from? Jesus put a demand on him. I mean, Mary put a demand on Jesus. And because of that, a miracle is brought forth. We'll talk about that in a minute. But in the very last verse, it says the disciples then put their faith in him. But because before that, they didn't have their faith in him. But after that, they did. You see, Second Peter says that we can hasten his coming. By the way that we live and our actions, we can actually cause the Lord to return quicker. You see, what, what is not his time can become his time if you actually put a demand on it. And, it's, and he allows for that. See, the church is so taught about the sovereignty of God, meaning he does what he wants, when he wants to, whoever he wants to. Is that true? It is true. However, God is moved by you. He is moved by your prayers. Come on, one great revivalist said, prayer is the slender muscle that moves the hand of omnipotence. When you begin to pray and you put a demand of what you believe, you put a demand on God with the right heart. I don't mean like, God, now. You earnestly seek Him and press in and petition Him. She didn't say, Son, I'm still your mother. You will. Read my lips. You will turn the water into wine. Now, your mama might do that, but that's not what Mary did. Hello. That's not, that's not, that's not what Mary did. Mary made her petition and let it alone with God. And I'm telling you, if you'll learn to put a demand on what you believe, that you're going to begin to see the results. The servants waited. And Jesus gave them some instruction. You know something? I'm going to just... I might get messed up in this service. I didn't give you notes. I usually do. I didn't give them to you on purpose. 
I want to tell you that it is not some great teaching that got this boy saved. I want to tell you that it is, I want something to hit my life that keeps me staying after when everybody left for some fried chicken. Do you know what I'm talking about? I want some wine. I want something that hits me and changes me from the inside that keeps me serving God and on fire when everybody else went to go buffet their bodies. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I, I want, I want the, the wine of the Holy Spirit. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. If you try to serve God without wine, that is one miserable experience. Mm-hmm. Just feel free to say amen anytime. I love chicken too. These are not drunk. Acts chapter 2, Peter, on the day of Pentecost. Listen. Acts chapter 2, Peter, on the day of Pentecost, said, These are not drunk as you would suppose. Now, why would, why, pray tell, would, would Peter say they're not drunk? Because they look drunk. What are you talking about? I'm telling you, when the Holy Spirit comes on your life, there can be times when you feel literally intoxicated with His love. Now, I came home. I'm glad my wife's in the back. Hi, babe. I came home from my trip, and man, did I miss my family. I mean, I miss my family so bad. It was like I was gone for three months or something. I mean, I've gone taking trips before. It was never quite what it was. My kids ran at me with tears. I was only gone for a week. I mean, some, some of the guys that work up on the slope, they're gone for six weeks or three weeks. I was only gone for a week. Granted, my family and I, we're, we're extremely close. I love being a part of my family. It's awesome. My kids ran at me crying, my wife weeping. We embraced and held each other in the power of God. And I'm going to tell you, the, the, the presence and the power of the Lord has not come off us since I came home. We were at this reception last night, and somebody was snapping pictures of us because we just looked like we got married at something. You think it was our reception? We just holding on to each other, just like. And we went over to get some cake. And I, you know, forgive me, I had to quench the Holy Ghost. I was going to fall out. Pastor was going to be on the floor with like cake on his face or something. I, because I've got so overwhelmed by the presence of the Lord. Have you ever had an encounter with God like that? Have you ever had an encounter where He overwhelmed your senses? We're so used to teaching people. We're so used to just saying, well, if you just learn this. If you'll, if you'll just study this and memorize that Scripture. Now listen, I'm all for studying. I'm all for Scripture memorization. I love discipleship groups. Hallelujah. I love all of that stuff. You gotta have it. You gotta have fellowship. You gotta learn the Word. You gotta study to show yourself approved. A workman rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. You've got to know the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You've got to know the word. But baby, if all you do is learn the word and you never have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, look, God's bigger than the word. Do you know what I mean? It's not just a lot about teaching. I didn't. I'm going to tell you something. I didn't come and stay in this place because we had the best mocha. Oh, man, I might preach now. Thank God for Starbucks. I always believe it's in the will of God, just about. I'm not allowed to drink them right before I preach because I feel like 
I get all spun or something on caffeine. I'm not sure which is which. So I'm really not allowed to drink a strong cup of coffee before I preach. But other than that, that's always in the will of God for me. Amen. I didn't, I didn't stay in this place because of a great coffee bar that you serve the best coffee with great foam and a perfect blend of coffee. I, that's not what got me saved and on fire for God. I didn't stay in the church because we had nice pews and beautiful carpet. I didn't stay because of the decor. I didn't stay because there was pretty girls. I didn't stay because of the games. I didn't stay in the house of the Lord because of any of that stuff. I stayed because God touched me with something that was other than anything I'd experienced far greater and far better than anything this world has to offer. And this preacher wasn't raised in some Christian home. And don't try to tell me, oh, you don't know what I've been through. I've been through it double. You hear my testimony, we might as well just close in prayer. You might never come back. I crawled out of a hole. Came from a good family, rebelled and had to crawl out of a hole. And it was really God that stepped over and pulled me out of the muck and miry clay. I'm telling you what's missing in the church is wine. Oh, there's great teaching. We have better teaching now than they've ever had before. Our worship, our worship, I mean, worship was wonderful this morning. But there's worship teams, professional musicians and drummers, all professional, all get paid tremendous light shows and smoke. It's not a light show and it's not smoke and it's none of that stuff that kept this preacher in, saved and on fire. It was the wine. It was the power. It was the love of God that came into my life and touched me. I want my wine back. Where's the wine? After all, I mean, you don't need to wine. Covenant is still legitimate without wine, isn't it? Now, I get very concerned when you see somebody get married and they're like, I do. Yeah. Yeah, until death do we part. Amen. His ring. Glad that's what. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, we wouldn't even have had a reception, you know what I mean, if we didn't have to have one. Hello? Where, where, where is, where's the wine in your relationship with Jesus? Where's the passion? If all you do is learn the Word, then you will dry up. You've got to learn that. You know, I've seen spiritual fruitcakes, too. Who all they do is just drink wine but have no grounding. And then before you know it, they're drinking strange wine. Strange fire. You gotta have the word and you gotta have the spirit. If you just have the word, you'll dry up. If you just have the spirit, you'll blow up. You need both to grow up. That's worth writing down. Somebody say, I want my wine back. Let's get into the text here a little bit more. Why do you involve me? Verse 4. It's not my time. His time becomes his time because they put a demand on him. Nearby stood six stone water jars. They tell the servants to go fill them with 
filled them to the brim. So it was obvious when they filled them to the brim what was in it. It was water. It wasn't wine at that point. Can you imagine being the servants? Go do what? Go fill the water pots, those ceremonial washing pots made of stone. Fill them to the fill them up and take them to the master of the banquet. Now, they didn't know what was going to happen. They were just obeying. God wants to take your life and turn it from water into wine. God wants to take that which is common and put His supernatural on it. Or let me say it this way. He wants to take your natural and put some super on it. That makes it supernatural. But it's hard to be filled with wine if you're filled with other stuff. They did so. They took it. And really it was under the penalty of beating. Some had suggested under the penalty of death that they would bring something and say that it's wine. They just had to obey. And in obeying, it can be a little bit scary. But if you don't trust and obey, there is no other way. To be happy in Jesus, you must, you must trust and obey. God has miracles for you. God has breakthrough for you, your family, your marriage, your business. God has breakthroughs for you. But if you never get off your duff and get moving in faith, then you'll never have the water that gets turned into wine. Can we say duff in here? Duff. Their obedience, their, their faith, loyalty. The master of the banquet, verse 9, tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants knew. He called the bridegroom and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first. He said, but you've saved the best. You've saved the best till now. When you begin to operate in faith, God will turn your water into wine and He'll elevate you. What do you mean? The master of the banquet saw what had happened and just thought, you, you, you throw quite a party. He didn't tell Jesus. He didn't even know where it came from. The bridegroom got elevated and blessed because of the servant's obedience. This is the first of His miraculous signs that He performed in Canaan, Galilee. You'd think Jesus would start his ministry raising the dead or something. You know, if I'm going to start, thank you, Mary. If I'm going to start my ministry, I'm going right to the leper colony. Let's go to the morgue. I'm going to start this. I'm going to kick it off right. Right? Let, let's go to the mortuary and call somebody back from the dead. He would do that later, Lazarus. It's interesting that the first of his signs, the first of his miracles is turning water into wine. Now, again, the wedding represents, of course, it's a wedding, but it represents the church in application. It represents us and our covenant with God. I believe that one of the reasons that Jesus did this miracle of turning the water into wine is because it is paramount for you. Very important that you get filled with wine. You're not smart enough. We are not smart enough to try to figure this thing out. Again, the sovereignty of God. Well, if God wants to fill me with wine, He can. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. I'm going to tell you that God will touch you in direct proportion to the hunger that you have. I will say what I said so many times before. God is not obligated to do anything for you. He spoke in parables to hide truth from the casual observer. But parables are revealed to those who are hungry. And you will get filled and touched and overwhelmed if you want it. If you want Him. There has to be a reverence. You know, we had Benny Hinn come to our the last night of our conference. He flew in. And uh, on his own expense, just to honor Dr. Morocco, they're friends. He's friends of the ministry. He flew in. You know, he's so uh, he's so unusual with... He's very demanding about where you're sitting, what you're doing. Reverence. He would never let anybody sit on the floor. He would never let everybody be in an aisle. He moved people. He said, get up, get your stuff, get up, move, sit over here. He said, focus on God, people. He had everybody focusing on the Lord. And, and you know... There are some that criticize him and say this and that. I'll tell you that the power and the presence of God rolled into that place in such an amazing way. I wasn't there because we were having revival on Oahu, but I heard about it. Many, many people got healed. He caused people to focus on the Lord and to call on Him and to reverence Him. He said, well, that's just religious. No, I, I don't think it is. It can be. The Lord wants you to get some wine. The Lord wants to fill His church again. You go back and you study revivals and outpourings and Pentecost. They might not have been able to sing as good as we could. They didn't have sound systems like we had. They didn't have lights and they didn't have smoke machines. But I'll tell you what they had. They had a groan on the inside of them. They could not be denied. And I will tell you, if you're hungry for God to change your life, He will change it. But don't you just sit back and expect that He's just going to come and do it because you're all special. You are special. You're special. There ain't no doubt about it. You're made in God's image. He loves you. He made a way for you. But if you'll learn to put a demand on God, Put a demand on what is rightfully yours. Wine is yours. What I mean by that, the power of the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, is available for you and me if we'll begin to really cry out. You know, thank God for good music, but where's the groan? Where's the hunger? Where's the passion? You know, this whole younger generation, they don't want to have anything to do with a bunch of religiosity. They don't. So in closing... I want my wine back. God doesn't expect you just to white-knuckle it into glory. You know what white-knuckling it means? If you grab a hold of a chair and just hold on, Your knuckles turn white. 
white knuckle. God doesn't want you just to white knuckle it until you get raptured or you die or something. He wants you to be so full of the Holy Spirit, so intoxicated and overwhelmed with His love. That's what He wants for you and me. The first miracle at the, at the wedding is a picture for the church. Some have said we don't need wine. People don't want wine. People don't want the Holy Spirit. They're uncomfortable with that. So we're supposed to gauge this thing on whether you're comfortable. Excuse me. So we're supposed to we're supposed to have church based on whether people are comfortable. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Not here. I, I'm gonna, I, I, I want you to have comfortable seats and stuff. I'm absolutely going to offend sin in you. Oh yeah, that's what the word does. Come on, the word offends. You need to live holy, right? You need to live right, but it's not just living right because you have to white knuckling it. Man, there is something that God has for you that far exceeds what you've been settling for. Micah, would you come? Well, I'm just trying to make you hungry. These are not drunk as you suppose. This is that which is prophesied by the prophet Joel in the last days. If you, I've got to say this. If your walk with Jesus is boring, something's wrong. If you're bored, you need to trade up. If it's just like, yeah, we're going to church. People have said we don't need the we don't need the power of the Holy Spirit really anymore because we have better teaching now. And there is no teaching that can cause a tumor to shrink and disappear. There is no tumor, there is no teaching that can cause a heart that's broken and shattered to be healed. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that can operate through some teaching like that. But if you're finding yourself dry, it might be because you need a good drink of the Holy Spirit. Just lift your hands to the Lord.
cloud by day and the fire by night. I am the Lord your God, the Lord your God. I'll bring the cloud by day, the fire by night. I am the Lord, I am the Lord. I'm pouring out new wine. Pouring out new wine. Don't underestimate a moment like this. Don't underestimate. Touch can change. You know, I know that we're missing many people, people on vacations and all over the place. when I used to be concerned about whether we had a crowd or not. I am concerned about reaching people for sure. But I will tell you, I have not come for the crowd. I've come for the cloud. And if you learn to get a hold of the principles of increase of His presence, you get to get fascinated by Him, you won't settle for the stuff that's out there in the world. He's got it for you. first of the month, so we're going to take our missions offering. I know we've been taking extra offerings because you have guests and stuff. There's people that really, there's missionaries and churches that we support that really count on this, so we'll take our missions offering. This goes to our international works and missionaries who we support all over the world. Some in Jerusalem, different places, so if you need a missions offering, envelope, just go ahead and slip your hand down. Now, while you're going ahead and doing that, let me tell you that if, if people really understood who's coming to visit us this next weekend, we'd already be full and we'd have to turn folks away. Next weekend is going to be a powerful time in God. I'm not hyping it up. I'm telling you, the folks that are coming with us are some of the greatest prophets in the world, not just our nation, in the world. Accuracy that is just going to give glory to God. They're, they're the real deal. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Call out names, addresses, all kinds of stuff. I'm telling you. You bring somebody that doesn't believe in the prophetic word, and they'll be believers when they leave because there's just no way. And it's not like I sit there and talk with them about the 500 people that are a part of our church. I would never do that. That would be a great sin. I can tell them anything about you or me. I want to hear a fresh word for our church. They're coming, right? Now, let me tell you, Friday night is free. It's what? It's free. We'll take offerings, of course, for them, as we do. It's our custom. That's the right thing. Saturday morning is not free. Saturday morning, you need to register if you're going to be a part of that. There's two sessions. I mean, I'd crawl over glass just about to get there. That's how important it is, really. This tremendous. We'll change your life. We'll change your church. Saturday night is 
free. All the night sessions are free. Sunday morning, just come. We don't charge for Sunday morning. It's just that daytime, two sessions on Saturday that is charging that we're charging for, and that's just to help cover some of our plane costs and housing costs for them. Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then that's it. I'm telling you, it's our prophetic conference. It is going to be life-changing. All right. You can register online for all of you online people. You'll need to come in and pay, though, when you come. How much is it now, sweetheart? Fifty-five dollars for both sessions. Come on, some of you spend that in videos from Blockbuster. Give me a break. Hello. Come on, smile at me, all right? Come on, let's really just do one session if you can only afford one. All right, and again, all of the night sessions are free. Don't miss it. All right, I really. They'll have books, and it's going to be tremendous. Great, great, great. Time. All right, let's pray over our missions offering. Father, we thank you for all of our missionaries that we support. Lord, we pray that you would touch them, bless them, encourage them. Lord, these, this offering, God, would be a great benefit, just like you did in Chile. Lord, the work in Chile, God, would continue to, people would continue to heal. That church in Talca would be rebuilt. Lord, you'd use this offering, Lord, to, to expand your kingdom. Bless the gift and the giver in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, go right ahead. with God want to give you an opportunity to give your heart to Him. If you're here under the sound of my voice, those of you on video, those of you listening later by podcast, if you're here and you want to give your heart to Jesus, you need to do it now. I'd encourage you, do it now. Do it now. Don't wait. If that's you all across this place with every eye closed and every head bowed, if that's you, you want to get right with God, just slip your hand up all across this place. Want to get right with God. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Anybody else? God bless you. God bless you. Those online. Come on, let's pray right out loud. Say with me. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave. Forgive me of all my sin. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you and then we'll close after that. Father, thank you. Fill and touch your people. Fill and touch your people, I pray. With new wine. Be filled today in the name of Jesus. May we settle for nothing less but your best, O God. Indeed, you have saved the best till last. Bless and touch your people. Fill them. Hallelujah. Amen. Take someone by the hand and we'll close. Pastor Karen, would you join me? Come on, we're going to close this morning. I'm so glad you came. Don't miss tonight, 6 o'clock. Praise God. You ready? Come on, let's pray for each other. Father, thank you for what you've done in our lives today, even beyond our own intellect. You've touched people, I pray, that you continue to make them hungry for you. We'd not be people that are just intellectual. We'd not be reduced Lord, to a bunch of religious people, but we'd be people that are filled with the Spirit of God, the wisdom of God, and the Word of God as well. 
Bless and touch your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We'll be taking communion tonight. So we'll hope that you come and be a part of that. God bless you. Praise the Lord.